0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Listen Money Matters. Goes through you like shit through a goose. My name is Matt, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking?
1: That was a great <laughs> image. That, thank you. Uh, uh, I'm good. I'm especially good because I'm drinking some of Rogue Farm's special Pumpkin Patch
0: Ale. It it's so damn good. tasty. Yeah, I'm. I'm still drinking the Village Idiot Brewing Company Punk O Lantern, which is a beer. Grown, uh, grown, a beer brewed locally here in Mount Holly, New Jersey. Jersey representin'. Uh, yeah, so to explain that catchphrase <laughs> that, I, <laughs> that I read, it is from at Jake, oh crap, at Jake Schlossman. I'm going to go with that. It's uh, J-A-K-E-S-C-H-L-O-Z-M-A-N. That's his Twitter handle. Thank you, Jake for that wonderful, wonderful catchphrase and you can send them to our uh, Twitter account which is at Money Matters Man. And yeah, so let's move on. We have a guest today on the show uh, and we're going to talk about bankruptcy because uh, I know that I've gotten some questions through Facebook about it and Andrew, I think... You've gotten questions through email, right? Quite,
1: yeah, quite a few emails on just, it.
0: Just a little confusion, and, and we're going to try to clear things up, and uh, Steve Rode is on the show today, and he has a website called org, and he's a consultant and just helps people for free. So, Steve, how are you?
2: Hey, I'm doing fine. I'm not... Uh, your goo shit thing surprised <laughs> me, though, but uh, all of a sudden, I didn't want to drink anything brown. No, no, and that's the thing. Here I,
0: here I am drinking
2: brown beer. Wonderful. Mm, it's good. Are you Are you drinking anything, or... I am. I have my little glass here with a little... Uh, actually, I hate to say it. I'm just drinking lemonade and iced tea, but you know what the hell. An Arnold Palmer? Um, yeah, that is officially what it's called. Okay. Yes. All right. Just making sure. Um, you know, it's a hell of a drink to order, though, because you never know when the wait person comes up to you and you say Arnold Palmer... Are they going to understand, or are you just talking golf, yeah. or what the hell's going <laughs> <Yeah>. on? <laughs> like, well,
0: well, my name's Steve, but I, all right, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you, Arnold. Like, no, 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 that's, what my, that's my drink order. In fact, you know, it's funny, because <laughs> not that this is related in any way, but I went to a bar with Andrew and his wife in New York, and I walked up to the bartender, and I said, can I have, uh, you know, a brown ale and uh, a cab? And so she brought over the brown ale. And it was in a glass. And then uh, she said, the cab will be right here. And I said, uh... She's like, and I, and I was like, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? She's like, well, I just ordered a cab. It should be here any minute. I'm like, no, no, no. A cab like is in the wine cab. She's right, like, yeah. oh. Like, why would I order a beer and immediately? I mean, I don't know. But, <laughs> I know, right? It's like, yeah, it could be a beer and a cab. I'm out of here. But anyway, a little confusion. So uh, I, I I really, really want to get into bankruptcy because... Uh, I feel like people look at this as an easy way out. And I've had friends who've considered it. Like you know, it's it's something that is out there. Uh I, I guess what's the what's the proper term? Chapter 11 or is that for businesses? Chapter 7?
2: I don't know. Yeah, what well, chapter, chapter, chapter? Some three. people with a sh- Can I swear? Yeah. Yeah, okay. dude. Funny, so yeah. some people with a shitload of assets um would actually be eligible for a chapter 11, but most people it's a chapter 7 or 13. And the thing about bankruptcy is, most everything that you hear, most everything that comes out of people's mouths, and most everything that financial experts say about bankruptcy, bullshit. Really? Yeah. Um, it's all perception and not reality. Well, let me ask: What are some of like? Because I, I may not even know what
0: the what what the financial gurus are saying about it, and what's really bullshit. Because I, I mean, here's what I know. I know that if you if you claim bankruptcy it's like 10 years and
2: you can't do shit. Wrong. Okay. What's the what's the real answer in that in that case? <laughs> well, the real answer is so if you file and look, I'm not talking about bankruptcy as an easy way out. A right. Bankruptcy is a legal financial tool to use in appropriate situations. Um, but in the case of somebody who filed a chapter 7 bankruptcy where their debts would be completely discharged in about 90 days. Okay, except for what, student loans, right? Well, some student loans can be, okay. but we, we can get into that. All right, sure. So, so uh, the reality is that the, the, a day after they get their final discharge papers from the court, they're going to start receiving credit offers. And the reality really? is – Oh, yeah, absolutely, because they can't file a Chapter 7 again for eight years, so creditors are going to want their hooks in them as soon as possible.
1: Ah, hmm. I right. would have thought they would have figured they're oh, no. not credit-worthy, So Oh, no,
2: hell no. Um, so then the reality is that it takes – really, all you have to be able to do is fog a bathroom mirror by blowing on it to start to rebuild your credit. <laughs>
0: That's the second time I've heard that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can easily rebuild your credit by getting a couple of secured cards, using them responsibly, et cetera. Within a year or so, um, you'll get good rates on new credit applications. You can get a mortgage. You can apply for a car loan. You'll have new cards. So a year
1: Uh, after bankruptcy, you can get a mortgage.
2: Yeah. All right.
0: All right. So (laughs) before anybody gets any
2: ideas, um, so you run a website where you help people get out of debt. Well, I do not consult individually. I write about the whole debt and debt relief world. Sure. So, uh, yeah. All right. Do Do you recommend people try that first? Well – it's not the solution is where you start. It's what the situation is. So okay. one of the misnomers that's out there is that people always say bankruptcy is your absolute last resort and you should try everything else first. Again, we're going to have to put that in the bullshit camp uh, because it really depends on what the situation is. I'll tell you what really concerns me today. And I'm sure you guys have talked about this a lot, but what really concerns me today are is What's going to happen when our current generation goes to retire? And you know they don't have any savings, investments, or whatever else. So people who are in that uh, 30-year-old to 55-year-old range um, who, instead of dealing with their debt, make this misperception uh, that they need to pay it off, uh, scrape by for five years, abandon all savings... Everything else, they've got to honor all the, the commitments and everything. Um, I understand that. I get the moral argument. But my question is, is it more morally superior to repay your creditors today or eat dog food when you retire?
1: Uh, well, no one wants to be eating dog food when they're like 60. Right. Well,
0: and- well, hold on, because there are certain dog food that does look appetizing <laughs> on the commercials. I,
2: you know... <laughs> There is some pretty good stuff out there. I'm just there. saying. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, but my point is that uh, uh, when people think about how to deal with their debt, they react emotionally rather than logically or financially. If, if you could have to abandon all savings, you're limping along, um, and you're doing that for the next five years trying to repay your debt, you are forgiving, foregoing any investments that you would make into your retirement fund that will explode in value. When you need them. Mm. So repaying your debts, you know, repaying $5,000 now uh, or $10,000 now is going to cost you, I don't know, $100,000 in 40 years. Right. right? What's the, the future cost of making an emotional decision today?
0: But you're so not, that's, yeah, but you're not
2: saying that people should go p- bankruptcy for the $5,000 debt. No, absolutely not. Right. What I'm saying is that depending on the situation, if the situation is that, um, Somebody feels that they have a moral obligation to repay their debt because they, they undertook the debt and they're going to repay it at all costs, even if that means living in an unsafe area not being able to properly care for their family, abandoning all retirement and everything else. Um, I just ask people to consider, you know, what really is your moral obligation? Mm. Um, I, I'm not suggesting at all that people willy-nilly walk away from their debt. But what I am saying is that there's more to consider here than just uh, what you ha- your fear of what creditors might think about you. Is that really
0: all it is? Because I look at – I mean, look, the word bankruptcy is the
2: black uh, slice of the pie on the wheel of fortune, right? Uh, only for consumers, right? Oh. American Airlines goes bankrupt. Their stock goes up. Uh, true. All right. Hmm. And you know why? It's because they made an educated financial de- decision that was going to be better for their future. So what is
0: really – like why is it that people say that when you claim bankruptcy you can't get – you can't do shit for 10 years or seven years or whatever the, whatever the number is? I think it's the
2: same reason why people say you can't go swimming after you eat. Oh, well, I know that. I'm, I'm in the pool business. <laughs> I, know that, I know that's bullshit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, people say this. Because other people have said it and not because it's true. Actually, do you wanna know do you wanna know
0: the origin of that? Yeah, what is it? The origin of that is uh there was an nineteen in nineteen twenty or nineteen thirty there was a magazine that came out and there was a story about a kid who had eaten and then like cramped up as soon as he got in the pool and drowned. Yeah. And ever since then it was in some sort of uh like a I'm not gonna say boys' life magazine, but it was some sort of like camping magazine or uh it's just become the thing that mothers say now because they heard that one story that happened all the way back in the early 30s uh, of this boy drowning when he ate right afterwards and, his, and his, his muscles cramped up. Now, that can happen, but to the point of drowning is, is uh,
2: very extremely rare. Well, that's like, you know, just recently I did this interview and the question was, why, is, why can negative credit remain on your credit report for seven years? Where did the seven-year number come up from? Yeah. Somebody just pulled that out of their ass. Really? Oh, yeah. Because in the 1940s, when uh, lawmakers were talking about this, the original suggestion was 14 years. But the compromise they came up with was seven years. Huh. Okay. So, you know, there's lots of things that people assume that are just wrong.
0: All right. So this idea that it's going to be on your permanent record, is there even permanent records?
2: Um, Well, it's interesting because – So it will remain on your credit report for um, seven years. Oh, then there's the number. Well, it's seven years for Chapter 13, ten years for Chapter 7. But it doesn't matter. Because if you – let's say you decide not to go bankruptcy. You're going to limp along, and you're not going to be able to pay your bills in full, and you're going to be in collections, or you're going to engage in some type of debt settlement or something like that. Guess what? That stuff's on your credit report for the same amount of time.
0: You know, it, I I find it interesting that um, that the creditors will start immediately sending you stuff when you claim bankruptcy. That actually yeah. makes a lot of sense to me because they know you suck with paying back. You know your credit cards. They want you, <laughs> right? They want your yeah, well, they want your your interest payments because you suck so bad.
2: Well, I mean, look at the the most exploding market is subprime yeah. financing, right? So. And those payday loans. Oh
0: my god! Yeah, don't I mean, get me started. No, I know, but but
2: yeah. So all right, um,
0: I just want to. I want to. I want to get something straight here, and and Andrew, yeah. jump in if you have something that. Because um, I, I, yeah, so I, I do. All all right, well, go, please go ahead. then, because I, I. Well, I was just gonna say, like, you know, <laughs> right now it sounds like. Uh... All right, I want to go into the student loan thing mm-hmm. because. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that said, oh, so bankruptcy isn't that bad. I have $250,000 in student loans. Fuck it. I'll claim bankruptcy. Start all over again. College is free. Yeah.
2: Uh, So it doesn't quite work like that. Okay. (laughs) Um, In some cases. Now, so it is interesting. There is a perception that no student loan debt can be discharged in bankruptcy, which is not true. Uh, when it comes – so there are two camps in student loans, right? Federal loans and private loans. Correct, yeah. When it comes to federal loans, uh, there's really no hope it's going to be discharged. But then again, there are some really incredible good programs right now to help people that are struggling, including the income-based repayment programs mm-hmm. and the public service student loan forgiveness programs. Um, when it comes to private student loan debt, people, again, make the assumption that it is not dischargeable in bankruptcy. But there are a couple of big ifs. Um Actually, there are three. One is, if you have not been able to repay your private student loans uh, and the statute of limitations has expired in your state, you know, it might be three, four, five years or more, uh, then that loan is completely dischargeable in a consumer bankruptcy. So um, the second thing is, if you took out student loans that were more than the uh, cost of the actual tuition and education, you took up private student loans and you used the money for other things, living expenses, etc. The amount above the actual cost of the education is dischargeable in bankruptcy. And here's the third big case. So,
1: so like dorming and stuff like that.
2: I mean if you, if you use the money for living expenses other than the cost of attending school. And the cost of attending school is the cost of uh, 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 lodging and tuition and books and those mm, types of things. Gotcha. And the schools give you numbers about what is appropriate. The third biggest camp that is just amazing to me is there are uh, private lenders out there, including Sally May, Big name, everybody's heard of it. But Sally May actually makes private student loans to schools that are not accredited. So you might go to... Here's my, the classic example is, if you are in aviation and you went to a flight school many of those are not accredited educational institutions. The student loan that you have, even though it might be from Sally Mae, 100% dischargeable.
0: Interesting. Really?
2: Yeah. Because the bankruptcy code does not protect um, student loans that were not made to accredited organizations. Oh.
0: I mean, but for the most part, people are going to to
2: accredited schools. Well, if they went to a, a vocational school, Hmm. Or um you know, like flight trade school, school yeah. Trade, trade school or whatever. Um, but even then, um many of these pop-up for profit schools mm-hmm. not accredited. Hmm. So I have a question for you. Yeah. I um I, I have a home,
1: you know, with uh, however much mortgage, you know, and I have um Wife, kids, and they're they're doing their thing and and whatever. And uh, I just have like a lot of credit card debt, and it's just crushing my soul. Yeah. Um. So I'm considering like an escape, like mm-hmm. you know, bankruptcy. Okay. Um, now oh, yeah.
0: are it, you? Oh, oh, this is <laughs> hypothetical.
1: <laughs> it's hypothetical. I, sure. I have no kids. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. should at least know <laughs> that.
0: <so>. <laughs> the, <laughs> the rest of it's true. <laughs> well,
1: the cat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My my child cat. Yeah. Um. So, I am thinking of declaring bankruptcy. Um. What things should I consider? Like, if I do this, am I basically losing my home? Are my kids going to, you know, then I'm not going to keep my kids in the same school? Like, like, what are the? what's
0: the fallout? The consequences,
2: yeah. So um, there are some, some realities about bankruptcy that are a little bit true, but not all the way true. Okay, so for example, one of the things that you hear a lot are people say, if I file bankruptcy, I'll never get a security clearance again. The reality security parents is, security clearance for what though? Like for military, you know, like whatever job, government job, military, that type of thing. People are concerned about about that in some parts of the country. Oh right. Okay, but the reality is, um, the branches of the armed forces actually say that they would prefer you to go bankrupt, because if you go bankrupt and legally discharge your debt, you're less likely to be a candidate to be bribed. So ah. right carrying large amounts of debts and struggling to get by makes you a higher security risk. Wow. Now, one of the other things that you hear a lot of people say is, if I file bankruptcy, um, I won't be able to get a job. Nobody's going to hire me. Uh, I wrote an article, uh, I think it was last year. It was a study of, from human resource managers who actually said that somebody's uh, past bankruptcy was significantly less important to them than somebody's appropriateness for the job, their job experience, et cetera. So it was so far down on the list of things that might get, let's say there were two candidates Mm -hmm. perfectly matched and uh, somebody could always use a a past bankruptcy as an excuse. But I mean, it would have to be somebody, you know, who's perfectly matched and they didn't like your hair or something. Yeah. Um, other than that, it's re- it really doesn't hold you back. That's bizarre. Go ahead, Andrew.
1: Yeah, so so check this out. I'm I'm just <laughs> check a, this no, out, bro. Ch- <laughs> check this out, yo. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm just some some guy. I I have uh, my home with my mortgage. You know, ton ton of debt there. Um, I I have a wife. I have some kids, and uh, I'm just like saddled with an insane amount of credit card debt. And I'm yeah. considering bankruptcy as an option to you know. Get this load off of my back. yeah what, what are what are like the implications? Like, will I lose my home? like what, what happens to me if I go through this?
2: No, in, in some states, uh, your home is completely exempt and protected from bankruptcy. In other states, a certain amount of equity is protected. But right now, over the last I don't know ten years or so, we've seen so many people uh, in our country who have just been so upside down on their house that mm. for them If anything, bankruptcy is going to remove second mortgages that are just so way above the value they could never repay them. So So they
1: they would keep their equity, they would get rid of the second mortgages, and would actually write them and they'd stay in their home?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever heard the term strategic default, but there have been lots of people who have been in trouble on their mortgages who have uh, just decided to stop paying their mortgages and walk away and discharge the debt because (laughs) – the banks wouldn't work with them. There was no way they were ever going to get right side up again. And again, we come back to that whole thing about: so does that person spend the next twenty years digging themselves back to equal equal? All right, or yeah. you know, do they start saving? Let me let me go down that road for
0: a second, if you don't okay. mind, because sure. uh, I actually have a personal story about this. Not me personally, but a friends of mine had this exact same situation happen to them. They were uh, they were in a house and they. They were in a house. They were very underwater. They wanted to get out of it, so they were like, "We're just gonna walk away from it." And mm-hmm. I was so adamant against them not doing that. I'm like, "You can survive. You can you can pay it down. You mm-hmm. can make it." And they're like, "We don't want to. That's just right. not we. Had, they got a lawyer. They walked away from it. But it's it turns out they can actually short sell it and it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. But but they were, you know. And he was like, "You know what?" Um, I need to go get an apartment. So his wife was is gonna it was gonna be in her name. He's like, I'm gonna have to buy in car cash, right? He's like, I'm I'm going I'm basically gonna be screwed for the next seven to ten years. His lawyer is telling him this. I'm assuming, yeah. uh, you know, in his, it, it, I guess it wasn't that crazy for him to do something like that, is
2: what you're saying? No, I mean, once you take the emotion out of it and just look at the facts, it, it's a, a much different. It's a much different picture. So, um, the consequence. When it comes to your question about somebody who is in deep trouble um, and how do they evaluate whether it's the right thing, the the last thing we need to do is start making decisions just solely based on the debt. Because money problems are not about the money. Debt is a byproduct of the underlying problem. So we need to address that first. I mean, for example, somebody who has a shoe fetish and goes out and has blown the budget on shoes um and has lots of debt because of shoes if they file bankruptcy it hasn't addressed the shoe problem right the foot fetish yeah they're just going to get back into the same damn jam they were to begin with but if you take somebody so let's use the example um, and this is an example i hear a lot right my hours were cut we're not making as much as we were before i'm upside down on my mortgage uh, you know we're we're eating beans and rice every night we can't save we can't get by in that case, that bankruptcy might be a logical solution to pursue. Now, I am not saying that everybody should just go out and file bankruptcy, but if you're struggling and you've had problems, maybe one of the things that you should consider is just going and talking to a bankruptcy attorney to better educate yourself so that you can make a better personal decision about what's right for you. Now, doesn't bankruptcy attorneys cost money? Well, uh, the, they don't for you to go talk to them. Most of them will talk to you for free. Really? And, yeah. And bankruptcy attorneys do cost money. So Why would they talk to you for free though? Well, because they want to land you as a customer. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um so bankruptcy attorneys do cost you money. Let's say you got 30 grand in debt and the bankruptcy attorney is going to cost you $1500. Uh, you know what though?
0: Maybe it's just me and I I don't know. It's probably just me. Are these like back back alley weird bankruptcy attorneys. No. All right. Okay. No. Not
2: like they're like next to the payday loan store, <laughs> next to the cat, next
0: next to the check cashing
2: place. No. No. Okay. I mean, you can go to any uh, you know main street uh, bankruptcy attorney. Okay. All right. And if you don't like the first one, you think he's an asshole, go yep. to another one. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, ultimately, what I want most for consumers is not to rush out and file bankruptcy. I want them to have. All the facts and information upon which they can make a good, educated financial decision. That's all.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, uh, man, I,
2: I really. T- so, I don't so let's e- take the, let's take the student loan debt. Now, that's a really good question. Yeah. So um, I, I, here's something I, I see a lot: are people that have $175,000 in student loans for an English bachelor's? Yeah, it's a great degree. Mm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, what kind of fries do you want? Yeah, yeah right. You know, um, and you're never going to be able to to repay the debt. So people say, oh, I feel so horrible, and this is my moral fault, and I've got to, you know, for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to struggle with this. Um, I understand that argument, but I think that we also need to consider that this is not a situation that is created solely by the consumer, right? The the schools sold, uh, you know, educational degrees that were... Priced way above what anybody would make. The schools want to sell butts and deceits. The financial counseling department of the schools really has little to do with financial counseling. It should be called loan qualification department. And <laughs> the lenders um, were all too happy to give people money, not based on any ability to repay, but because people they wouldn't be able to discharge much of it in bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So this is not a, a simple, the consumer's at fault. Um, like with credit card debt. People say, I need to repay my credit card debt uh, or I'm going to be a moral failure. But the reality is that lenders accepted some amount of risk uh, when they made the loan to you. And in fact, they also fact in, factored in a certain amount of those that portfolio um, that was going to be chalked up to loss because they just know that life does not work in a straight line, and sometimes people get paralyzed, or they get Ebola, or they get right. you know <laughs> hit by a car, or you know something else. Because you got hit by a car doesn't make you a worse person. You're not broken financially. You're just you know you got hit by a car.
0: Yeah.
1: So, uh, I as like some guy who may be going through you know. Th- Bankruptcy, or maybe considering it. I know there's like Chapter Seven, Chapter Mm Eleven. There's probably Chapter Five. I heard Chapter Three (laughs) is really good. Like, what, where, where does it all kind? Like, what should I care about? What's the difference? Should I even care?
2: Well, no, you shouldn't care because you need to talk to a bankruptcy attorney. And seventy five percent of the consumer bankruptcies that are filed are actually under Chapter Seven. And What that means is that there is not going to be any extended repayment plan, you don't have any assets or ability to repay, and within 90 days your debt is going to be forgiven. So the other 30, 25% are going to be under Chapter 13, um, and this is actually where you're going to make payments over three to five year period based on your income, uh, and at the end whatever balance is still owed will be completely forgiven. But the Chapter 13s are also a, an area that people have been seeking the uh, legal protection from because it stops student loan lenders in their tracks, and at least they'll get five years of a reprieve. Now, you got to keep in mind that all the debt relief industry is, is like the Wild West, and you hear lots of things out there about, we're magically going to make your debt go away, and all these things, and um, again, bullshit. Almost all bullshit. Hmm. So uh, the reality is that there is only one tool that gives consumers any power over creditors uh, and that is recognized by law, and that's bankruptcy. Hey, if there were other options, like for example, I, I went to England and uh, helped people over there for a while with financial problems because they had a solution over there called the Individual Voluntary Arrangement where you could make arrangements to repay your creditors based on what you could afford hmm. without bankruptcy. But here in the U.S., we don't have that.
1: That is such a great idea, too.
2: Uh, that's... Yeah, well, so the funny thing about that is individual voluntary arrangements in England um, are based on a pro rata uh, a monthly payment based upon your disposable income after reasonable expenses. I mean, it's all very balanced and reasonable. In the United States, the only thing that we have that is close to that is Chapter 13 bankruptcy.
1: Hmm. And what does that mean?
2: Well, I mean it allows people to repay their what they can afford after reasonable expenses. Um, if there was some program other than that that bound the creditors to this agreement, hey, I'd be all over recommending that. But there just isn't. So
1: – to to kind of skip back to to the beginning when we were talking, you said um, like literally the day after you declare bankruptcy, you're already getting credit, you know, requests, yeah. and you know, in a year you can get a mortgage, and so like to to pull back the whatever, and what what's the reality of like the fallout from bankruptcy? Because I think people who are in dire straits are not doing this because the, it's like the the nuclear option
2: well so in 1990 i went bankrupt myself and i went through all the dave
1: same. ramsey went bankrupt
2: yeah yeah i know but I, I and the funny thing is he went bankrupt got the protection from bankruptcy and now tells people how bad bankruptcy is <laughs>
0: yeah he does do that
2: yeah <laughs> but that's his shtick i mean that's fine um a couple of years after the bankruptcy, I mean, I was still in a fog and a haze and probably depression. And just because I didn't understand, I felt like a moral failure. The funny thing is that going through bankruptcy was probably the greatest education for me. So I went through bankruptcy and I felt like this you know, total loser failure. I need to repay my creditors. So even though I had filed bankruptcy, I did um, try to repay my creditors. Because I wanted to honor my moral obligation. And the funny thing is, the most common response I got from my creditors was don't. Don't, don't, don't repay really like, us. Don't pay us? Just Do, declare- do not pay us. Um, because um, we don't know what to do with this money. We have written your account off and closed your account uh, as included in bankruptcy, and now we just don't have any place to put this money. So please, stop sending us payments. Really? Yeah. So... it." And then uh, another thing that happened was one time I was sitting with the, the collections vice president at a big bank and um, her phone would ring and she'd pick up the phone and she would go, yeah, yeah, I don't care, file bankruptcy, hang up the phone. <laughs> and this kept going on for like 30 minutes. And I said, I don't understand, I'm sorry. I don't, can you help me un- explain what's going on? she goes, look, Steve, look, we all have to answer to somebody. Even my collectors have to answer to me. But, um, you know, if if somebody files bankruptcy, it doesn't count against my department or myself. So I just tell them to file bankruptcy. Um, sure. mm. the, the, the point to be learned from all of that is it's all a game. <laughs> you know, for the creditors, this isn't personal. Nobody's morally judging you. This is a number on a balance sheet. What,
1: what I find really interesting is like so many super wealthy people, like, like Donald Trump. I don't even know how many times he's declared bankruptcy.
2: You yeah, know, but and you know, why, you know why he did that? Why? Because it made good financial sense for his situation. So it—it's
1: it, I guess the the moral of the whole thing is like don't hold it out as this. If you declare bankruptcy, you're like the scrouge of the earth. You know, you're a terrible person. It's uh, you're trying to do the most optimal thing for your situation. No one will hate you, and
2: you know All it's of that kind is of
1: true. yeah. Hmm. Hmm.
2: Well, that's enlightening. And, and okay, so we, we've we had all this to say about bankruptcy. Sure, And um, I don't want to create the impression that people just, like, say, you know, fuck what the it. hell. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're I'm welcome. Saying, um, you know, fuck it. I'm not going to pay my debt. I'm going to walk away. Right. The reality is I've been helping people since uh, 1994. And in all those years, I can only think of two instances uh, where somebody really was abusing the system um all the other tens of thousands of people that i've helped talk to and answer questions for over the years are just good people caught in a bad situation if there was a time machine they could go back and you know not get so overloaded in student loan debt or know to turn right so they didn't get hit by the truck or um you know have better health insurance or something like that right they would but they're just good people in a bad spot right
0: and that's really i think where it boils down to is the the You know, and you mentioned getting hit by a car, an emergency, a a medical emergency can really put somebody in financial dire straits. Uh, And maybe somebody that spends all their money on shoes so much and is like, oh, I got to file bankruptcy now because I have this addiction to to shopping. That's really not a good indicator of like, it's time for me to, you know, file bankruptcy.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're going to, if you have a shoe addiction, because... Um, I actually started the first inpatient treatment center for uh, financial addictions. But if you have a uh, financial addiction and you don't treat the underlying issue first and you just go file bankruptcy, this is just going to be a cycle that continues. Um, You're stupid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're stupid. (laughs) All right. So uh, the website,
0: again, is getoutofdebt.org. That's it. Very simple. Uh, Are you on social media anywhere?
2: Oh, I'm I think I'm everywhere. You know, everywhere. Facebook and Get Out of Deck Guy and Twitter get out of deck guy. And cool. Yeah, whatever. And and uh, so I just want to
0: thank you again, Steve,
2: for being on the show. Hey, and- anytime you got a it's been a pleasure. Yep. Um it's actually it's been a fucking pleasure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Love it.
2: so i'm always here to help you guys anytime
0: cool yeah and and i'm sure you know i want to definitely get into more debt stuff uh and and the bankruptcy thing was a a question we've been getting asked a lot and we we wanted to reach out to somebody who knew what what they were talking about and then clearly you do so that was a great having you on to talk about that all right thanks guys guys all right so listen check it out if you have questions oh god don't i mean look uh bankruptcy we we've we've gotten past the the uh what do you call it? The 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 myths of bankruptcy? Now you know the truth, okay? But as a collective, let's not claim bankruptcy, right? But if you have questions about it, go to matters at gmail.com. Email us. We're happy to answer your questions for you. And uh, if you like the show, please subscribe via iTunes or whatever podcasting app you listen to. That would be excellent. And uh, if you like the show, please leave a review. I'm going to read a very short review. From RS130. I feel like I've read this one already. But, hey, we'll read it again. Very entertaining show. Five stars. Hilarious podcast. seamless blend of finance and comedy. Done. That's it. That's all we want. Perfect. Love it. Perfect. Uh, if you guys have questions or you want to learn more about personal finance, go to listenmoneymatters.com And all of the things we talk about in the show, all the tools, all the books, all the resources are in our toolbox, which you can find at listenmoneymatters.com Slash toolbox. So that's it. Thanks again for hanging out with us. And of course, we look forward to the next episode. But so later. Later, man. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>